Well, good morning, City Light. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms, caregivers, grandmas, everybody out there. Uh, we so thank you and love you. We're so excited uh, to honor you and bless you this morning here at City Light. And just to say thank you. Uh, yesterday was amazing just being able to serve you guys and bless you uh, through our mom's drive-thru. I hope you guys enjoyed it and were really blessed by it. It was great to see all of you. Uh, today, I just want to make sure, all right, every one of you, text them, celebrate them, love them, bless them. Even in the midst of quarantine, let's be super intentional uh, to show our love and appreciation. We know uh, for so many moms, right, the way that you work, the things that you do uh, go unnoticed often, but they're the backbone of really society and of how things work in the world. Uh, and so we're just so thankful for you, and you guys do an amazingly significant work uh, in the lives of this community, in the lives of this church, in the lives of the world. So we just want to say that we love you. Uh, if you're at home right now, okay, give your, give your mom or whoever's taking care of you a high five, all right? Uh, just show some love, give some hugs, all right? Take a minute and do that. Uh, and let's just show some love together today. Uh, we're so thankful and glad to celebrate with you this morning. We also, at the same time, want to recognize that this day creates a lot of sadness and different emotions and feelings for everybody. So in one sense, it's obviously a great day of celebration. Moms are awesome. Moms rock. We're so thankful for moms, and we're so glad to celebrate you. And at the same time, we recognize that this day can be very hard, that this day can bring a lot of emotional feelings, that this day of celebration can actually be a day of disappointment. And so in light of that, I just felt really burdened from the Lord uh, to preach a sermon entitled today on Mother's Day, Dealing with Disappointment. So that's the name of the message today, Dealing with Disappointment. And some of you, I mean, this is so broad, right, for all of us, right? But some of you, man, maybe your mom growing up uh, just wasn't necessarily there for you like, like she should have been or whatever it might be, and you're disappointed by that. So when Mother's Day comes wrong, uh, you actually sense a lot of disappointment. Some of you are reminded uh, that you cannot have uh, biological children, and that's really, really difficult. And today is a struggle. It's a reminder of one of your greatest struggles in life right now. And so it's a day of disappointment. Some of you may be mothers, uh, but it wasn't quite what you expected it to be, right? Uh, you didn't realize how hard it would be to feed all these children three times a day, and you're just like, man, this is a lot. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. It's not quite what I expected it to be. Some of you are moms of older children, and they're just not making the type of decisions that you would hope that they would make, uh, whether it be just in general, but particularly towards the Lord. Maybe they have walked away uh, and it's really hard for you in this season. So when you think about Mother's Day, you're so grateful and excited uh, that God gave you the gift of being a mother, but you also have to deal with the reality in front of you that it's not what you expected, the reality that your children aren't making the decisions that you would hope for them, whatever your case may be. I mean, that's just a few examples of why today could be a day of disappointment, and so I just want to leave space for that, you know, like so often we come and hurrah, you know, we celebrate what God has done, which we should do. We should do that enthusiastically, but I also want to make sure we leave space uh, for the disappointment, for the sadness, for the lament. The Bible certainly does that. So on a day of celebration, we want to make sure we do that together today. I hope to kind of breathe life 
into your disappointment, into your situation today through the word of God. And whether you're a mom or not, obviously at some level, we all experience levels of disappointment, and I hope this is a word from the Lord for all of us, uh, but I especially want to encourage all of you out there who are struggling in this way. So go ahead and open your Bible to Psalm 42. This is a really helpful text when you're dealing with the emotion of disappointment, uh, and this is going to help us think it through. So Psalm 42, go ahead and read it with me at home. It says this, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food, night and day, day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and I would lead them in procession to the house of God. With glad shouts and songs of praise and a multitude-keeping festival. But why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. He is my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, and therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and all your waves have gone over me. But by the day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him my salvation, and my God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we ask uh, that, one, that you would make every mom, caregiver, aunt, grandma, those taking care uh, of us, raising children, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would encourage them, that you would comfort them, that you would strengthen them, that they would feel celebrated and loved and renewed in their strength today. And we pray for all of us, Lord, uh, that are experiencing disappointment at certain levels, and particularly through motherhood or the lack of it, that you would just comfort, that you would bless, that you would speak, that you would bring life to that situation through your word today. So we come before you, we ask that you would just minister to your people, God, would you help us? It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the first thing I want to help do is kind of understand what is disappointment, all right? That's a word we're all very familiar with. Uh, I heard something said the other day um, that's a common phrase, but I think it's helpful, is that disappointment is the gap between expectations and reality, okay? So your expectations are way up here. This is going to be the most amazing thing I've ever experienced, done, had, whatever. Your expectations are up here. It's going to be great, and the reality is way down here. It's nothing close to what you thought it would be. And so the gap in between, between your expectations up here and your reality down here, the gap in between is what you would call disappointment. It's an empty space, a space that you thought would be full, full of good memories, full of good moments, full of children, full of experiences, full of all these things you had anticipated, but instead of that being full, it's empty because your expectations were here for what your life would be like, would turn out to be like, what motherhood would be like or turn out to be like, and the reality has made its way down here somewhere, and that gap in between expectation and reality is what we call disappointment. That's where the feeling of disappointment comes from. 
And what I want to say first and foremost today is that God wants to meet you in that empty space. And better yet, God wants to fill that space for you. And God wants to be everything that you think you are missing out on. And you know what's helpful is I think this psalm is experiencing that very same thing. You know what I love about the Psalms, and I hope you experience this too as you read the Bible, is that the Bible, and particularly the Psalms, is super relatable. Okay? Anybody who reads the Bible is like, no, nah, it's not relatable. I'm like, you haven't actually read the Bible. Okay? They just go through every virtual human experience possible, highs, lows, all of that, and he's doing it very here. The same thing is happening to him here. He has an expectation of victory, rejoicing, good things. And he's met with defeat and sorrow. That's his reality. Does that sound familiar to you? It sounds familiar to me in my own life in many ways. So therefore, because that's his experience, his expectations here, his reality is here, he is cast down, as he says. He is disappointed. He is defeated. He is in turmoil. As verse 1 depicts, he is desperate. He feels alone. He says that he eats and drinks tears for his food night and day. That's how terrible this situation has gone. People around him mock his faith. They say, where is your God? He is all alone, and he is in terrible, terrible situation, and he's questioning what God is doing in his life. And I know that may sound very familiar to you. It's a familiar experience. And God wants to meet you in that space that you're in right now. He doesn't want to ignore it. He doesn't want to just say, oh, everything will be fine. Everything works out. No, no, no. He wants to meet you in that space. He wants to minister to you in that space. He wants to bless you, care for you, provide for you, speak to you, and comfort you in that very space, the space of disappointment. You know, I learned something very interesting about this psalm. Let me show you. It explains this, this picture of the gap between expectations and reality even more, and it does it biblically. So verse 6 when you first look at verse 6, it's a little bit confusing. You'd have to know the language. So I began to, not the original language, you just have to know what these places are. So he says, oh God, my soul is cast down within me. I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. So I began to look that up just to try to understand what is the significance of that. What is he actually saying? Okay, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. What is he actually saying in a way that makes sense to me and to you? Let me, let me summarize it for you. Okay, this is what he's saying. He's saying, I remember you, God, in the land of Israel. I remember you from far away in the land of Jordan. And I see the high mountains from this little hill. So Hermon is like a high mountain. You can see me about high mountains. And Mount Mizar would be like a little hill, okay, when you're just talking practically about what the words actually mean. And so we see, you see what he's saying? He's saying, okay, I remember how good it was to be over there. I remember being in the sanctuary of God. I remember being with God's people. I remember dancing and having fun with them. I remember worshiping the Lord together. But now I've been pushed out of that place. I'm over here in the land of Jordan, and I remember the land of Israel and where God dwells with his people, and that's very far away. And I see the high mountains that surround Jerusalem while I'm sitting on this little hill. And I'm sitting on this little hill, and I'm looking at where I want to be, and now there's a gap between where I want to be, where I expected to be, and where I am. And I'm looking at this great reality that I know I have experienced and want to experience, but I'm looking at it from sitting on this little, this little hill. 
And he's saying, look, that's where I want to be, but this is where I am. And there's a gap between my expectations and desires and the reality that I'm experiencing now. This is exactly what he's saying as well. How true is this for you and for me? Right? We say this, we have this kind of thinking all the time that I wish I was over there, but here I sit. Sitting here on this little, little hill, this stupid little hill. You're like, I hate this little hill. It's little, and I don't like it, and I would rather be over there where I know good things happen, where I know that the blessing of God is, and I can see it, but it's very, very, very far away. And I know many of you listening to this now on a day of celebration are having that exact experience. You're like, man, I see the celebration. I see the good things, all the blessings of motherhood when it goes right, when it's done right. That's a wonderful place to be. I have desire and expectation for that, but I'm sitting on this little hill of disappointment. My experience isn't what I would hope it would be, and it's not lining up for me in this situation. And whether it's motherhood or something else, that is so true for so many of us. And the person who wrote this psalm is resonating directly with your life because the Bible that was written thousands of years ago was written for you too because it was written by God who never changes. So let me show you something that's gonna be true this whole way through, okay? When a good solution seems far away, over there, a great savior is very near, is right here. So when a good solution, being back in Jerusalem, when a good solution, my kids making better decisions, when a good solution, I finally get pregnant, when a good solution seems far away, right, far away, a great savior is very near. And so what we're gonna have to do is take our eyes off of the solution and onto the savior. Because the solution may be far away, but the savior's very close. And he's the real actual solution. And this is gonna be true for us the whole way through. And I wanna add, I think Psalm 42 is so helpful because this guy knows the truth. He knows who God is. He says it multiple times. He knows what God does. He knows he can trust them, that God's sending his steadfast love. He hasn't doubted or left God. He knows the things that God is, and so that's why he's wondering, why am I in this position? I know who you are. I know what you do. I'm one of your people. So why am I on this little hill? He knows that, and he's still struggling with it. He's still having a hard time, and I hope this just allows some of you to take a deep breath to say, it's okay that you know the truth about God, but you're struggling to believe it in your heart. It's okay. It is okay. Nobody's requiring you to have this perfectly figured out. Just because you know the truth and you're like, I should have it right, I should feel better, maybe not. And God wants to meet you directly in that place. It's okay that you know the truth and you're having a hard time believing that. It's okay. Stop being so hard on yourself. Stop judging yourself. Take a deep breath. God loves you. He is in this situation with you. He wants to help you in the midst of it. God is for you. And one, I want you to write this down. I think this is super helpful for you and for me, is that you can deal with it because God can handle it. You say, how do I deal with disappointment? Well, sometimes we don't do that because we don't want to be honest with God, with ourselves. Sometimes we don't do that because we're scared of the, whatever the reality may be. We just rather ignore it or pretend or whatever, you know, act like everything's fine. But here it says you can deal with it, confront it, face it, because God can handle it. 
God can handle the fact that you know what's true and you're having a hard time believing that right now. He can handle that. He's not running away from you. He's not freaking out. He can handle that. God can handle the fact that your situation isn't what you thought it would be, so you're struggling and have doubts. He can handle that. He's not afraid of that. He still loves you. He's there in the midst of that. So in the midst of your disappointment, take a deep breath. God loves you. You know the truth, and you're having a hard time anyways. You can deal with it because God can handle it. Okay, what I want to show you first before I show you how the Lord deals with disappointment is how the world does. So I Googled, because if you want to know how the world works, just Google something. I Googled dealing with disappointment, okay? So you can do the same thing. You'll get the same results I did, I would think at least. I guess that's how it works. Um, but the primary resources, get this. So if I'm just struggling, you know, and I just want help, and I don't know the Lord or scriptures, whatever, so I just go online, and I say, uh, dealing with disappointment. The first things that come up, psychologytoday.com, positivityblog.com, personalexcellence.com, betterhelp.com, and so on and so on it goes. And I think you know where I'm going with this is that those are the same type of names that come up over and over and over again because the idea from the world to deal with disappointment is to look inside of yourself and begin to evaluate, begin to tell yourself things will be better, to build up your self-esteem, that you'll find the answer, the answer within yourself. And what I want to show you today, which I think you know by experience, is that just telling yourself to change your perspective, telling yourself to think more positive, telling yourself to make the most of it, to get it together, to do your best, just doesn't quite cut it time and time again. It may help for a season, it may help in a little bit, but it's not the real solution. And that's because the real solution to dealing with disappointment does not come from you, it comes from outside of you, from God. The only real way to deal with disappointment is to get help from God himself, from the true God, the living God, the real God, not an idea, not a religion, not a philosophy, not a way of doing things, but from the person of God who's been revealed in the person of the Son of, of God, Jesus Christ, a real God, a real person to deal with, speak to, lean on, learn from. That's where our hope comes. It comes from outside of ourselves. It comes from God. And so if we just go the world's route, we're going to look in ourselves and try to muster up the best thing that we can do. But if we're going to go the Bible route, we're going to look to God, and he's going to give us help. So that's what we're going to do today. So what does the psalmist do? Very simply, he says this twice. His solution, he says, why are you so disappointed, my soul? Why are you so upset? And then he's preaching to himself, you know, just like you do in the car. Why are you feeling this way? I mean, you should have said this. You know, That's what he's doing. And he's saying, Hope in God. He's telling himself, hope in God, hope in God, hope in God. Why are you so upset? Man, you're so upset. Just feel better. No, it's not. Hope in God. Why are you so upset? Man, just change your perspective. You're going to make it through. No, no, no. Hope in God. That's what he's trying to get us to. And he's telling himself, hope in God. Why? Because I'll praise him again. He is my salvation. So he's not looking to hope in himself. He's not looking to hope in an outcome. He's not looking to hope in a better future, which are things that God will provide, as we know from the scriptures, but he's looking to hope, once again, in a person, to lean on a person, a real person. So the best way we do that as people who follow Jesus is we go forward by going backwards. So when you deal with disappointment, the way forward is to go backwards. Because if you want to get the best look at God, 
the best perspective of God, you've got to look backwards into how he's revealed himself most clearly in his son, Jesus Christ, who came into the world in time and space, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, rose again. If anybody believes in his name, that person will be saved. So when we deal with disappointment, the way forward, you say, what do I do? What's my first step? The way forward is to look back. The way forward is to look back. Your circumstances may be blurry, but the gospel, I'm telling you, is crystal clear. And this is helpful. Your circumstances may be blurry. You're just like, I'm not sure what's happening. I look back, and the gospel's super clear. What God has done, super clear. What Jesus has done, super clear, unmistakable. And so you look there to get your help. We deal with disappointment, write this down, by focusing on what has already been done for us, not what is happening or being done to us. Okay? We deal with disappointment. The best way to receive hope from God is to focus on what has already been done for us, namely Jesus dying and rising again, God revealing his love for us in that moment, and a thousand other moments as well, but revealed the most clearly there, what's been done for us rather than what's been done to us or happening around us. And so we look around us, and we think things are happening to us, and that is what is driving us to despair and disappointment. And God is saying, I want you to look back to something I've already done for you. Stop looking to what's happening to you. You're just going to keep getting more disappointed. Look back to what I've already done for you. And that's where you're going to find hope. We move forward, say it at home, by going backwards. Okay? We move forward by going backwards. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, you've got to memorize this verse, I'm telling you, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? This verse is like, take it to the bank. This will help you in any situation. God, who did not spare his own son, Okay, so he loved you enough to sacrifice his own son, and Jesus loved you enough to voluntarily go to the cross. How will he, that God who showed his love for you that way, how is he going to do anything less for you now? Of course he's not going to do anything less for you now. He's revealed his love for you clearly then, so how is he going to withhold something from you now? He gave up his son. He's not going to withhold a kid. He gave up his son. He's not going to withhold an outcome. He gave up his son. He's not going to withhold some sort of temporary blessing on this earth that you need if you really needed it. And so we, we get in our situation, right? And whether it's just a, something as hard as a barren womb, or maybe you're just tired, body and spirit. You don't know if you can go anymore. Maybe there's bad choices, bad circumstances. You're praying, and it doesn't seem to be getting answered. You look up. There's loss, death, conflict all around you. You're looking around you, and you wonder, what is God doing, and where is he? Does he hear me? Does he love me? Is he for me? Is he helping me? And the answer to that is always going to be look back. Look backwards. Because if God showed his love for you to the extent of dying on a cross for you, then he's not going to withhold any love and help now. This is the greatest thing he ever could have done. So if he loves you that much, then he loves you enough to provide what is needed now, even in the midst of your struggle and heartache. So he's not going to withhold anything from you. So we look back and we see Jesus. The last thing I want to point out is that when we move forward, we must remember that that doesn't mean we move out. 
So moving forward doesn't mean that we move out. Moving forward, so I'm gonna deal with disappointment. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna move forward by looking backward. Great, okay, I understand. But when you move forward, this is the mistake we make. When I think moving forward, I think moving out. If I'm gonna move forward from this situation from disappointment into a different space, then I'm gonna move out of my disappointment so that I can get there. I'm gonna move out of the situation. The way that I move forward is by moving out, and that's what we think. And so we're not better until we're out. And what Jesus wants to tell us today is, no, that's not, that's not true. You may stay in your situation, but be able to move forward because of God and what he can do in your life because of what God wants to do in and through you. This is so important, you should write this down. We want to get out of the land of disappointment, but God wants to meet us in it, right? So we say moving forward is moving out, I'm out of here. And God's saying, no, 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 hold up. I need to meet you in it first. I want you to meet me in that space first. You're actually gonna learn more about me, he would say, than you ever would by moving out. And so for you to move forward, means you move forward with God, not that you move out of your situation. Moving forward doesn't mean moving out, and so many of us have waited to be out for us to move forward with our life, and we're stuck. And what God wants to tell you today is moving forward doesn't mean moving out. These situations, disappointment, is super complex. I wanna show you something from the scripture in, in Psalm 42. This guy, if you read it and you're, under, and you're kind of thinking through what he's saying, he's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Look, in verse 3, at night, he's eating his tears. That's his food, right? Verse 3, he says, at night, I'm crying so much that, that I have, I'm eating my tears. But in verse 8, he says, at night, the song of God is with me. What? No, no, no. You said at night you were crying so much, you were crying so much that you were eating your tears. And then in verse 9, you said, at night, the song of God is with you. And then in verse 7, he says, deep calls to deep, all your waves have gone over me. And then in verse 8, he says, but the Lord commands his steadfast love to me. What? No, you just said in verse 7 that the waves of God are coming over you. They're just overwhelming you. And then in verse 8, you said, well, no, wait, but the steadfast love is overwhelming you. It's coming to you. It's actually being commanded by God to you. So every night, he says, I eat my tears. I'm crying so much. But also, every night, the song of God is with me. And then every day, I'm overwhelmed by the waves. But also every day, God commands his steadfast love. Do you see how? And if somebody were in our counseling room, we'd say, man, you, you got to pick one or the other. I don't know what you're doing. You can't do both. And what the Bible wants to reveal to us is, no, you can. And you can sit in that space with the Lord and work your way out, navigate, whatever it looks like with him. There's not a quick fix. Moving forward doesn't mean moving out. These situations and the reasons we get disappointed are emotionally complex. And so if you think moving forward, if you think experiencing the song of God at night means I stop eating my, my tears for food at night, then you've missed the whole point of Psalm 42 is that I can eat my tears at night and I can also experience his love. I can be overwhelmed by the waves of the things that are hitting me and I can also have God's steadfast love commanded to me. All of these things can be happening simultaneously at once. So that means moving forward doesn't mean I move out. It means I join God in what he's doing in my life and I allow him to meet me in that space where I'm at. That's what God wants to do for you today. That's what God has already done for you by coming in Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants to continue to remind you that he loves you and that he is for you. 
that the goal isn't to move out of the land of disappointment. The goal is to meet God in that very space. And that today God wanted to encourage your heart, to uplift you, to strengthen you, to give you hope, and to help you. And so I hope the Lord uses this today to bless you. I have another blessing as well. It's probably a greater blessing than the first blessing here from the sermon is now I'm going to invite my amazing wife, Kristen, up. So everybody at home, y'all give her a round of applause, all right? Ah, welcome, welcome, Kristen, my amazing, beautiful, lovely, wonderful, smart, intelligent, excellent, worthy of praise, Greatest mom ever, greatest oh, wife ever, wife. Off to a good start. Off hey. to a good start. Um, this is my wonderful wife, and she's also a mom, and I thought it would be helpful just to spend a little time with her today uh, for you to not only hear from me, but to hear from her, uh, because not only is she amazing, but um, she's also had her share, and we've had our share of disappointments and of trials, um, what through having children, not having children through miscarriages, and the variety of things that happen uh, as you build a family and even before that. So um, the Lord has really taught her an awful lot, and I respect and admire that, and I think it'd be super helpful for us today. So uh, why don't you real quick tell us, uh, tell everybody, they probably know because they've seen our kids running around all over the place, but for those that don't, give a little update. Our family always changes. You never know, you know, if we can have another foster kid in the house tomorrow or something, but uh, give us an update on uh, how many kids do we have? What are we working with over here? Okay. Um, right now, we have four kids. We have an eight-year-old son, a five- and three-year-old son, and a one-year-old baby girl who's, who's came to our home through foster care. So um, it is sweet and the best, and it's a both-and situation, and a lot of what we're talking about today, too. So it's been a journey for sure. For sure. A journey it has been. So uh, let's jump right into it. I think it's going to be uh, really helpful to have them hear your perspective on some of these things. So uh, as we said earlier in the sermon, disappointment is the gap between expectations and reality. So how have you experienced that yourself, that gap, and then how do you help others kind of navigate that practically in your advice and counsel to them? Yeah, um, so much to say, and also so much I just want to sit back and listen to others because I'm very much in the thick of it, very much humbled to be here, and um, just hoping the Lord speaks through me. Um, and also was thinking as you're saying this that I talked to a mom this week that were saying like, how is Mother's Day even going to happen in quarantine? So there's these macro, big-level disappointments we're talking about and these smaller, micro-level disappointments we're talking about, like maybe Mother's Day is a bust this year, and then that's okay. But here we are. You're Put celebrating in the work, with dads, us. Right. Um, so disappointments, how have I experienced that? Yeah, I mean, there's been a multitude of them, but um, what I was thinking sitting here is just how good it is to be a Christian and to have our hope outside of our circumstances because really disappointments can be a gift, and I don't say that tritely, but disappointments can be the very means by which we are able to loosen our grip on the things of this earth and see that our hope is not here. 
Our hope is risen from the dead in heaven, living within us. The same, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living within us. So we don't have to wallow in our, in our disappointments as we feel them and work through them and acknowledge them and, and God redeems them. But we don't have to sit there. We have, we have hope beyond that. And sometimes it's these disappointments um, that show us that and also take the pressure off of ourselves that we have to rest in the faithfulness of God, not in anything that sometimes is out of our control of our disappointments. And even, even further, I was thinking that um, we can even take disappointments on as believers because um, even as we've done foster care and adoption, our oldest is adopted through foster care, um, we have taken on disappointments of another and taken on disappointments of our own, and we can do that because it can make even more of Jesus as we walk through it and need him all the more. I think that's really good, super helpful, I, even that we hadn't even talked about that yet, but we talked about no, it before, yeah. but um, we've talked about it before in life, but just the idea that uh, sometimes you take a step to follow Jesus, and there's disappointments in that very action, you know what I'm saying? So you, you learn kind of the way of the Lord and what that looks like for him to work in your life, for you to bring on disappointments, to try to follow him and, and to try to help those around you, so uh, we've certainly learned a lot um, through that. Uh, the kind of the, the analogy we gave earlier from the scriptures that um, so many people, and as the guy in Psalm 42 was, are sitting on this little hill and looking at this big hill, you know, um, where they wish they were there, but they're here. Uh, and that's the, the kind of the gap between what I expect or even just desire and where I'm at. My, where's my reality? So how would you counsel those that are watching this right now that are like, I'm on the little hill, you know, I'm looking at the big hill, I'd rather be over there, but I'm here. Yeah, I mean, relatable for all of us, right? But I think uh, the answer is that even there won't satisfy. It wasn't designed to. No person was designed to satisfy the longing of our souls. No adult person, certainly not our little people in our homes. Um, and so I think it's clear in Scripture that only Jesus can satisfy the longing soul. And and uh, that verse that says, the languishing soul he will replenish, that has been hope on those dark nights when no one else is, is there. He is there replenishing us. And so I would say as we look, to that hill, we can acknowledge that that's the hill we want to get to, um, and the Lord can work in that, but right now, if you know Nate, you know his favorite verse is Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy, and we have access to his presence now, we have everything we need to have hope and joy and peace and contentment now, so like, look around your couch, whether it's empty or filled with little people crawling on your head, or people who aren't calling you today that you wish were, there, you can seek contentment now, you have the presence of the Lord with us. I think there's such great hope in that when we really believe it and cling to it. No, it's really true, really, really helpful, and I, I see that played out so often in you, you know, and that Kristen's really good at having that perspective that uh, if we focus on what we don't have, we're going to lose out on what we do, you know what I'm saying? So if we just put all our attention on that over there, we'll miss exactly what it is the Lord wants to do right here in this moment. Uh, and she does a really great job of living that out, and I, I think that alone is a, is a snippet worth leaving with and helping you. Um, okay, so how has your experience been? We talked about like uh, putting our hope in God, mm -hmm. receiving the hope from God, and God wants to meet you in that space. So the goal isn't to necessarily get out. The goal is to move forward by moving forward with God, even in the same situation. So what has your experience been like? And I feel like this, we do this a lot in the house too, where you, you talk so much about meeting with the Lord in that space, letting the Lord work in your life in that space, receiving the hope from God in that space. Uh, what has that looked like for you? How has God done that? And how, how do you encourage others to kind of meet the Lord in that space? 
I think uh, one of my favorite quotes, and it, and it pertains to foster care, but it pertains to many things as a believer, is the same source that motivates us into things is what sustains us through it. So Jesus has to be our sustenance. So as we navigate today, wherever we are, he is our sustenance in whatever surrounds you. And so we can go to him. We have to believe whatever's going to sustain us. If we need water to live, we're going to drink water. And so for me, it looks a lot like we have to invite him into our day, right? Beyond a little pocket of time. We need to invite him into our thought process, those scripts that repeat themselves, those thoughts that go too far and take those thoughts captive and really speak truth over them. Catch ourselves, you know, be in a relationship with the Lord, as we say, um, and really just feed our souls with his, his truth and um, to be in community with people that are in similar and very different stages, both alike, um, that can encourage us. And so I think a lot of it is, is that, those like flexing the muscles and practicing those things. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, it's so true that as you, as you practice those things more and more too, you learn this, almost the skill, I guess, of, of allowing the Lord to work in that space in your life and not trying to ignore it or run past it. Uh, you build that muscle, as you're saying. Yeah, and I, there's that verse in Psalm about keeping praying, praying to keep the Lord keep our minds from worthless things. And that is so mm. where I feel so often. What are we going to when we do need that respite, that rest, that rejuvenation, that fun, whatever it is, where are we seeking that? Um, and I think often the quarantine has really shown that busyness could kind of be a drug and we would go do all the things. Mm. And really he's here with us now. No, that's good. Yeah, I think sometimes we lose what we could have from God in the space of disappointment. We lose because we went somewhere else to get it. Yeah. You know, whether it was Netflix or whatever, what I could have had, I lost because I chose a different source and that source didn't provide. And so that, that option was gone. And now when I go back to God, he'll, he'll provide. Um, but we, we so lose, we lose what the experience that God wants us to have because we don't go to him. So good. Um, how about this? Uh, how do you parent kids well? Just in general. No, no, that's, uh, <laughs> she's the trooper on this. Um, how do you parent kids well in the midst of dealing with your own struggles? So this is for all, this is particularly, okay, for those of you, you maybe you'll learn, you'll take this, write it down one day in the future or something, but your mom, your dad, your caretaker, whatever, uh, right now, family member, taking care of kids, you're in the middle of your own disappointments, um, it's super hard. Uh, how do you, how, how have you found a way to do that, um, kind of through the ups and downs of life while you've been parenting these last Yes, years? humbly I answer this. Um, when you said parent well, I was like, Lord Jesus, may that be true. Yeah. Um, I think that. We don't know if we're doing well. I think, how do I parent well? It, it's hard. I, Psalm 92 2 has been on my mind to declare his faithfulness in the morning and at night to declare. No, in the morning to declare his steadfast love and at night to declare his faithfulness. And that's been a practice I started laying on my bed as so many of us are having trouble sleeping or worries are different and things like that to declare his faithfulness in the day. So I've started doing that. I've done a reset like every hour to, to catch myself, to praise back to the Lord for things in that past hour and to reset and, and move forward in that hour. I was saying at the beginning of quarantine that it was a fight for fruit in our home, like just fighting for good fruit during this time. And, and someone corrected me and said it's really... 
you need to be faithful, you know, during this time. Just be faithful, that's it. And someone else in the same conversation said, we really are just resting on God's faithfulness. And it's so true, and that's why I think we can be honest with our Mm. kids, and this is kind of like an overlooked thing, or whoever's in your life. Uh, We can be honest to say, this is hard for me, and I'm thankful for Jesus because he never fails, and mommy might be having a hard time right now, and we can pray together, and I can ask for forgiveness a lot and model that for you, but he's never going to let us down, so let's look to him for our hope. Mm. And that's really my greatest hope as a parent is that they would see more of him even in my mistakes because Mm. there are plenty. (laughs) Um, And so that's my hope for them. No, that's great. Uh, That's really, really good. I think to all all you parents out there, you you let your children, right, see the mistakes as a way of verifying that God's the true source, the true help. And so, yeah, mommy's having a hard time, daddy's having a hard time. I, you know, it never happens, but if it were to happen, we'd say that. They're great accountability, good. too. They're like great they accountability. Tell you ain't, no, ain't no joke. Okay. Finally, as we close out, um, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, any final words of encouragement? Just to everyone, but then also particularly to moms uh, as we close out our Mother's Day. Yeah, this verse uh, in Matthew 6, 4 says, Then you, Father, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I know every uh, mom and caregiver of any kind relates to that. There's so much we do that is unseen, maybe undervalued, maybe underappreciated, unknown to the world. Um, A lot we lay aside um, in order to love and enjoy our kids. Um, Even when they're grown, I have a feeling, is where I'm putting myself in those shoes. But Jesus sees it, and he rewards us for it, and he knows our labor is not in vain. So that that would be the only thing I say, and that his grace is sufficient for us, and that's been my huge hope in this time and in every time. We are free to enjoy whatever's right before us, the failings, the good, the bad, the ugly, because we have him, and he is our hope. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're the very best. All right, uh, let me pray for us, and we'll, we'll sing uh, one more song to the Lord. So, Lord, we love you. Uh, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that, um, Lord, that you meet us in the midst of our disappointments, God, that you're bigger than our disappointments, that you are one who can help, who can provide hope. Just pray that in this season, whatever it may be, I mean, maybe there's just complete celebration in some households and maybe in some households complete devastation. And and Lord, I just pray that you would meet us where we're at, that you would speak to your people through your word, that you would bless, that you would strengthen, that you would give hope, the hope that comes from you, uh, Lord. So we love you, and uh, we just thank you, Lord, for all your blessings uh, to lead us and guide us in this time. And we just pray, especially for every mom that's listening to this right now, they would be strengthened and encouraged and helped, and that they would feel the, the blessing and hope of the Lord today on this Mother's Day, God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen.